drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Trumbier, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Eric Oakry, here on the show. And you know, this is the place you come to hear Lions football talk twice a week on this show. You can also hear me on my other podcast, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm talking all things Lions football, and we're going to have a different show today. I was looking back at my notes and things we've done. I've kind of been all over the map talking all things Lions. I thought it was a good time maybe to dive into dollars and cents. Now, in the past, you know, just straight up spell it dollars and and cents as you would normally see it, but I always feel like cents needs to be with the S-E-N-S-E. Does it make sense? Do the dollars make sense? They got to make sense. The dollars are very important to building a football team, the players you have on it, all the different things that impact how you build your roster. So what I thought I'd do is on this show, I think I want to start with the quarterbacks and the linebackers. Quarterback, you know, has his hands on the football every play, most important position in basically all of sports, especially the National Football League. And the linebackers, you know, even in different schemes, they might be a little bit downplayed, but linebackers usually the guy, the captain of your defense, making the calls kind of all over the football field, making tackles, making plays. And I think they're really important to any defense. So I thought I'd get into the dollars and cents, the numbers for some of these players. We will talk broad strokes. We'll get into some of the details, talk all about it, and tackle those two two positions on the show today. So let's not fool around. We don't mess around here on the show. Let's get right into it. Well, let's let's just start with the quarterback position. I mean, like I say, that is the most important. Jared Goff, in my opinion, he's kind of a huge wild card. I'm really excited to see him. And a lot of us, you know, are, are pulling for him. It's going to be different without Matt Stafford under center, but we kind of don't, don't know what we're going to get. But we do know what we're going to get when it comes to his contract. So let's go ahead and, and dive into it a little bit. Like Jared Goff this year in 2021, I mean, it's kind of crazy. His base number is only $5.65 million. That's his base salary. Most people, you know, think he's making $30 million and all this different stuff. Like, it's just not the case when you really look at the numbers. I mean, that's a really low base. Some of these base salaries in the NFL are just crazy how low they are. He does have a $5 million um, restructure. He did that a few months back, moved some money around as the NFL often does. So he's got that in this year's number as well. 
the dead cap number, and this is the number that, like, if you were to move on, you were to cut him, trade, whatever the case may be, that that's kind of what the dead cap means. If he's not on your team, well, you would still be kind of locked in for on his contract. And this is where it does get crazy. $40 million right now for Jared Goff when it comes to dead cap. Now, you don't have to worry about that number. He will be the quarterback. He's not going anywhere. So that's that's Nolan Boy. That's a non-issue. His yearly cash, which is kind of one of the main numbers I'll be dealing with most today, it's only 10.65 here in 2021. So, I mean, all those numbers are absolutely bargain basement when you're talking about NFL quarterbacks that nowadays are making 30, 40 million, whatever it may be. But if we dig into it a little deeper, like Jared Goff in 2021, he's 27 years old. I just gave you the numbers of where he'll be at. In next year, 2022, you know, he he jumps up as his base nearly doubles to 10.65, you know, going up $5 million in base. He has a roster bonus next year of $15.5 million, another restructure number of $5 million, a dead cap still very large at 31. No, that's his cap hit. His cap hit this year would be 10.65. His cap hit next year jumps all the way up to $31.15 million. Dead cap next year would be 30.5. And then when you look at his yearly cash next year, um, it does – well, uh, let's look at it this way. I'm looking at a couple of different numbers right here. And, like, I think his yearly cash this year – I know I threw out that 10 number. I think when it's all said and done, it's more in like the 25-ish range here in 2021. Uh, In 2022, it doesn't go up much, 26.15. So, you know, basically those two years on average, you're looking at about a 25 to $27 million type quarterback. He's got some, some money that he shifted around to try to help the team. You really can't get out of it, so... You know, hopefully this guy plays well and basically here for two years. And this is where it gets a little crazy because because of the big deal he signed with the Rams. You know, he signed like a basically a four year, hundred and eight million dollar deal. And at the end of 2022, that that basically be covered. Um, He already racked up. I think it's around fifty seven, fifty eight million while with the Rams. And then he'll tack on those numbers that I just gave you for um, the next two years with the Lions. But after 2022, there's there's a potential out where you'd only be set with a $10 million dead cap. You can move on from Jared Goff, and you'd have your rookie at that point, or you'd have some other quarterback you're excited about. So, I mean, that's that, that's a nice two-year window. You know, it just seems like uh, hopefully he plays really well this year and, and helps the team guide. He can roll into the next year, whether they bring in a rookie or a free agent or what it, whatever it may be, um, quarterback for two years. And if he absolutely balls out, I, I don't see why you can't move forward with this guy. You look at his number in 2023, he's only 29 years old, which is still young for an NFL quarterback. You know, the base doubles again from 10.65 up to 20.65. He's got the $5 million roster again. He's got the $5 million restructure again. He's got a cap hit 
jumps up another uh, four or five million dollars, up to thirty million basically. Dead cap only ten, which like you say, if you get out, you're just on the hook for that. And then the yearly cash really doesn't move. Twenty five point six five. It actually goes down a little bit. So, uh, and the numbers are real similar in twenty twenty four at the age of thirty as well. Twenty one million dollars is base. Five roster, five restructure, thirty one in dead cap. And like like I said, the dead cap again is only if you um, if you kind of either have them and then move on or whatever the case may be, and then you have a dead. Um, I'm sorry, that's the cap hit. I'm getting a couple of these columns. I'm looking at Spot Track, everybody. If you want to go check out salary cap info again, doing this one a little bit on the fly and do a little bit more homework when we get into the other positions. But go to SpotTrack, check them out, really good website. You can also go to OverTheCap.com, another good site as well. Getting a couple of these columns mixed up as I'm, I'm cruising through here. But um, Cap hit, if they were to keep him in 2024, would be $31.65 million. If you know they kept him and then moved on, you know, a very minimal $5 million hit. I think the Lions are on the hook for around 14 plus right now with Matt Stafford moving on from him. So that's kind of the number. Just even though they traded him and you know the Rams are taking on his yearly, you still are hit with that dead cap number, which is at 14 plus, I believe, right now. It would barely be five million dollars at this point in Jared Goff's contract. And then when you get to the yearly cash again for a quarterback in the National Football League, 26. million dollars I mean everybody drink that in everybody drink it in (laughs) like so I threw a lot of numbers at you there a lot of you guys out there listening kind of know the general numbers but here's how I break it down Jared Goff's a quarterback for the next year or two pretty much two years with the Detroit Lions you know as the starter if he was to really stumble and they had a better option you know in the next in next year, I don't think you're taking him off the field, barring injury this year. So next year, let's say they got a little competition in there and he didn't play so well, I could see you replacing him. But pretty much, he's your quarterback for the next two years. And basically, 25 to $26, 27000000 million per for this quarterback over the life of the contract, but especially the next two seasons. Like You really look at the grand scale of things. To me, that's pretty much a steal for a quarterback at his age, with his arm strength, good head on his shoulders. Now, the, the question is both the leadership, the lack of, you know, um, will he be able to tech, protect the football? And, and what's the volume going to be? Can this guy really put up 4,000, 4,500 yards? Can he put up 30-plus touchdowns in a Lions uniform with what's around him? That's what we'll see. But the price for the going rate of quarterbacks is not bad, in my opinion. And you'll definitely have people, well, you could have drafted this rookie and he'd only be making, you know, five, six months. Yeah, I understand that. But the Lions have two first-round picks moving forward, and they can obviously go in that direction basically anytime they want. So I kind of love this contract for Jared Goff. I love the unknown, which is kind of like we don't know what we're going to see from this guy. We're all, you know, here on the Kool-Aid cast especially. I mean, definitely optimistic. I mean, give me some cornbread. Cornbread! And a side of Kool-Aid. Drink it in, I mean, we hope he balls out. We hope he plays well. We hope that, you know, it's a good deal. But, I mean, what's the alternative? The alternative would be sitting there with, you know, a no-name, 
nothing quarterback that you know has really no upside, doesn't excite the fan base, still going to make, you know, $15 million a year, even for the, the low-end guys these days. So, so he's $10 million more than that, and he's got a lot more upside, a lot more ability. Like, I'm all about it. I really like the contract for Jared Goff. I really hope he performs here in Detroit. I hope he has a little bit of swagger to him. I hope he motivates his teammates. I hope his teammates rally around him. I hope that he goes out and from first quarter to fourth quarter just plays solid quarterbacking. You know, you don't have to be a world beater. You don't have to be the end-all, be-all. But you have to protect the ball. You have to score in the red zone. You have to be able to wing it around to, to your speedy weapons as well as get the ball DeAndre Swift hand the ball off, use that offensive line to protect you, and just play quality quarterback back there. I mean, that's what Dan freaking Campbell said. He said, you just got to come in here and play quarterback. Nobody's asking you to save the franchise by yourself. Nobody's putting the ultimate expert. We're just saying be the best Jared Goff you can be, be the best quarterback you can be. And I think that's going to be exciting to see if he can do that. I really hope he can. If he's can't he plays atrocious football yeah the the contract doesn't look as good the next year or two but after that you're free and you got draft capital so i'm really not worried about it at all let's keep this thing moving to tim boyle they brought this guy in from those fools over there in, in wisconsin the green bay packers i mean 26 years old nice age again for quarterback gonna be like 27 in in season or whatever um tim boyle is a backup i mean you've heard lots of things about this guy some people make him out to be the greatest backup of all time i've heard he's got this cannon arm and i heard other people I think jeff risden of lions wire said he was out of practice and wasn't impressed at all by his arm strength or didn't think he had you know a good day whatsoever and then the next day was better so you know there's been all this rumor and innuendo and all this hype that oh he came in and preseason and tore it up or man this guy's just he's gonna compete with Jared Goff for the starting job no like Tim Boyle at his best is a average backup quarterback I mean the guy makes 2.4 million dollars in yearly cash money speaks you know if he was as good as people say he is he'd be up in that you know six eight twelve million dollar range if he was absolutely horrible you know he'd be holding clipboards or not even be on the active roster I could see this guy being a nice backup with a little bit of juice if needed but like I said 2.4 million dollars million dollar base million dollars at signing 400k if he makes the roster and like I say really no dead cap cap hit a 2.4 as well so you know no big deal with this guy at all like I'm fine as him as the backup to me it's an upgrade from Chase Daniel they can tell you all day every day how much Chase Daniel helped in the film room what a good buddy he was a Matt Stafford what a pro he was dude couldn't throw he couldn't make plays he just that prototypical backup just stealing money in the NFL that can't do anything in a pinch if you need him to. We saw that when he did get out there. Barely a couple plays here or there. Other than that, no good. So, you know, Tim Tim Boyle, very low contract for a backup in the league. I, I'm always happy the Lions aren't going with that expensive backup. Now, do they need a little bit more talent than they've had the past few years yeah the past few years they've went with absolutely nobody back there behind number nine you know and we've seen him get injured and that's part of the reason 
along with Matt Patricia having no clue what he was doing and our defensive coordinators just playing Swiss cheese defense and Bob Quinn missing on second, fourth, sixth round players left and right, bringing in horrible free agents. Other than that, I mean, you know, we were good the last couple. But, (laughs) I mean, when Stafford went down and you have no backup with any talent or substance whatsoever, yeah, that's going to derail your team, your season, and that's exactly what happened. So part of that problem was the next guy, David Blau. I mean, Blau. Uh, Just like, uh, what do we have at receiver? We used to have Pow. Um, Used to be a running gimmick here on the show. But uh, David Blau, 25, 26 years old. I mean, looking at his contract, 850K, no bonuses, no nothing. I mean, I've seen what I need to see from this guy. I've seen a few reports at all. You know, he played better than Boyle on the practice field, and he's got this and he's got that. I mean, he had a couple throws when he was out there having to start for the Detroit Lions, but I've seen what I need to see. I would not mind a, another wild card, maybe even a running-type quarterback if they if somebody cut somebody loose that you could upgrade or, or bring in rather than David Blau, but to me he's a clipboard holder it's not a big deal regardless so 850k so basically you don't even have three million dollars in your two and number three quarterbacks that allows you to have a big money quarterback and and the lions also are building this roster as you'll see as i work my way through these dollars and cents why it makes so much sense because they don't have these big contracts all over the map they don't have like low-level guys that they're paying absurd money now do you have a few bad deals from bob quinn that you need to get off the roster sure but you know the lions don't have premier talent right now but they also don't have premier contracts at a lot of spots they got young guys they've got rookie deals they got mid-tier type contracts when you're looking at different positions as we'll see so i'm not too worried about it I feel like the quarterback position, it's all on Jared Goff. You know, if he plays great, it's going to be a fun season because they have some interesting other players. The defense is going to play better just based on the coaching as well as some of these guys getting a you know renewed sense of life out there on the football field. And the quarterback position is one that, I mean, yeah, every year you have injuries across the league, but... The quarterback and the way the Lions have invested in the offensive line, I really don't see a need to have a very expensive backup or I don't know why Jared Goff can't come in here and play well. You know, I don't think he's going to be under duress left and right. I don't think the coaches are going to put too much on his plate where he's just either overwhelmed or he can't uh, do some things out there. And the guy's got arm talent. The guy was picked number one (laughs) and he's making like mid-tier money in the NFL these days and he's locked up that's the other thing like sometimes let's say Jared Goff came in here and he was making what's he 25 now let's say it was less let's say he he didn't get as big of a deal off his rookie deal let's say he was making 18 million and he comes in Detroit and balls out but that's the end of his deal okay now you're kind of in stuck where you're either going to draft and let him walk or you'd have to pay him something ridiculous like 35 or you know whatever the going rate is for like that top eight quarterbacks because everybody jumps up into that top eight regardless of if they deserve it or not and then you know two months six months a year later then they're back down in the mid 
15s, 20s again. You know, that's how the cycle works. So, you know, the fact that he's locked up to this deal, and even if he plays great, he really has no leverage to ask for more money. It's like you have this young quarterback with upside that's got a chip on his shoulder for 25 to $27 million max on the books for the next two years with really no repercussions after that. And if he plays great, you could ride it out if you wanted to. Let's say the Lions go and just beef up at wide receiver and safety and rush players and you know, another skill guy, either at tight end, back foot. Like, they could just look at their roster in a year or two and be like, we're, we're good everywhere. Now we feel confident about our roster. Let's just go with golf. I mean, the guy's played well. He's lived up to his deal. He's throw him another $25 million and let's go. You know, that could be how they go, even though everybody wants the flashy rookie. I get it. I'm in that boat as well, like two years with golf get a rookie in there and let him roll after that it seems like the best play but i'm telling you if they take those draft picks and don't go quarterback and load up at other spots and this guy plays above average to top 12 to 15 i think that you're just going to keep him here in a lion's uniform and be happy about it so Everybody, that's my dollars and cents on quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and take a break at our great sponsors in here. I really want to tell everybody I'm ramping up in fantasy football. A lot of my drafts are going on. I'm I'm going to be working on some fantasy football Lions-type articles for USA Today, Lions Wire. Those will probably be coming out here in the next bit as everybody starts ramping up for their drafts as we get into July, August, whatever it may be. So please go check out realitysportsonline.com. I got a quick sponsor about them, our other great sponsors in here, as well as don't forget about my other show, Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V and Lions. Just put it in your Google machine, hit enter. It'll find it on every podcast platform. Talking Lions, talking football. I'm working on some guests for that show, some different things I got in the in the cooker there. So please check that out. Hit that subscribe button. I really help appreciate the support here on the show, as well as you guys giving this a listen and all the positive feedback I get online. So everybody, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk linebackers, lots of linebackers and lots of dollars to get into with them right after the break. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now... Most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The 
best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, appreciate listening to the sponsors. Thank you so much for dialing up the show. Talked a lot about quarterbacks, got into all the minutiae on the Jared Goff contract, as well as the two backups that are basically making peanuts in the NFL. Now, we got more linebackers to talk about, but what I'm going to do, like the reason I like doing dollars and cents is because we can kind of dive into those details, but when it comes to the linebackers, I think I'm going to stick with some of the main guys. We'll talk about some of the main amounts that they're making, maybe dive into a little bit of you know when the Lions could get out of certain contracts, things like that. We'll keep it pretty basic because, like I say, for me... You know, Benny Blades and, and some of my other buddies, they always joke, you know, that I'm I'm the GM of the show or I, I'm always about, you know, the draft and cheap young players and good contracts. I don't care about how they play on the field. Like, no, I, I realize that, you know, yeah, you could have a bunch of rookies that make nothing, but they still got to make plays. Same with you can have all these big name players because I do like the glitz and the glamour and the big names. But if those names aren't producing out on the football field, that's not what you want either. So you're definitely always looking for a mix of like exciting players that people pay to watch, productive football players, a young roster, a versatile roster, you know, that can sustain injuries and still keep going. You're looking for dynamic blue chippers, you know, when you can get them, even if you got to pay them a boatload. So there's a lot in the mix. And that's why I just love the NFL, because every little dollar counts. Every contract matters. Like people will just tell me, oh man, that guy sucks, or that guy is great, or man, that guy's overpaid. And it's like, it's never one of those. You know, the guy might not be as good, but even if his contract is decent and he's a mid level NFL player, you have to field 53 players. I mean, everybody's not going to be a Hall of Famer. Everybody's not going to wear a gold jacket. As well as, yeah, there's going to be times where you have to overpay in both on the pocketbook or on the checkbook or sometimes in trades. I feel like you can't get every perfect trade. Here's one thing, again, going back to my love for fantasy football. I'm in a couple of these really complex leagues where they have contracts involved or you have rookie drafts. And, like, sometimes I just shake my head at people out there because everybody's kind of, like, always scheming for the best player, the lowest contract, or they want to – only build through the draft or they don't care about their draft picks all they want to do is sign established veterans and like 
I really do try to walk that line no matter what, you know, people may say about me about being a draft guy or being, you know, never wanting to pay anybody. There is definitely a mix, and I definitely try to find that mix. I always shake my head when people are just like, oh, that guy's overpaid, you know, either in the NFL or in my leagues, and I'm like, based on what? Like, you expect to get everybody at nothing? Because that's not going to be the case, just like in the National Football League. You can't build your roster up and never pay anyone or never have anybody get a renewed contract that's league, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not league minimum, but kind of appropriate across the league. Like if a guy comes in and plays great football, you pay them accordingly. You know, if you can get a rookie for two or three years that plays great and he's on a rookie deal, tremendous. You know, even better. If if you get a veteran that you've overpaid and he starts falling off, well, that's going to hurt your football team. So anyway, there's a lot that goes into it. I just wanted to kind of give you those broad strokes again, but let's go ahead and dive into the linebacker. So we'll go ahead and start with my least favorite, the biggest contract and the biggest name, I guess, on the Detroit Lions at linebacker, and that's Jamie Collins. Now, everybody's heard me joke rant and rave about Jamie Collins excuse me last year going into the season I was like oh man look at look at Jamie Collins you know he's got these great coverage rates and he's it seems like a nasty football player and he's versatile he's a freak athlete you know I was given all these reasons why it was going to work all I had to do was just watch a couple games of Jamie Collins and you pretty much knew what you had a guy that's you know showing a lack of effort in my opinion a guy that at times would flash, you know, make a play in the backfield or try to go after the football. But more so than not, I felt like he was getting beat in crossing routes, bad in coverage, missed tackles. You know, I think there was a couple games early where he might have had a sack or two and people were like, man, look at Jamie Collins playing some football. But, you know, there's a certain sense of consistency you have to have. So I know this isn't like a show where I'm supposed to break down everything about a player, but I'm giving you an overview because – Jamie Collins this year at linebacker. They have him listed as outside linebacker, and his general average yearly amount is $7.33 million. If you moved on from him, which is why the Lions did not, it's going to cost you double that, nearly $14 bucks. Yeah, his base is only 3.8, but he's got a few other escalators in there. And, you know, he makes about 4% of the overall salary of the Detroit Lions. I mean, that's nearly up to where Jared Goff is when you're breaking it down by percentages. And I don't know. Like, based on the dollars and cents, I understand why the Lions could move on from this guy. But I wouldn't be opposed at all if Derek Barnes comes in, who I'll talk about in a bit, or... Anzalone plays really well, or you want to give Jalen Reeves Maven actually a few snaps on defense would be actually be nice rather than only have him run down on kicks. Like the less I could see Jamie Collins, probably the better. Now I know the coaching staff has said, Oh, we love he's versatile. We can't wait to get him out there. You can do all these things with him. I'm telling you, like he's his time has just passed in my opinion. I'll be shocked if he comes out and plays tremendous, consistent, high level football. I think at best You'll get more flash games and, and, and maybe some more turnovers from him this year. But I, I don't see some dynamic player. Now, like I said, five, six years ago, he was one of the freakiest athletes in the game. He had huge years with New England. He loafed around in, in Cleveland, and that's what I saw last year. He's here with the Lions collecting a pretty good paycheck, 
He makes enough plays to stay out there, but too many, too few plays to justify the contract, in my opinion. Next linebacker is Anzalone that we picked up from the Saints. This is another system guy that comes with every regime where they come over and it's like, hey, we worked with this guy. We know him. He's better than what we have. Let's bring him in. I mean, Anzalone, to me, he could be an interesting football player. I think he's got the crazy blonde hair. He's one of those hard workers, good college player, you know, had some injury issues, whatever it may be. He's only making 1.75 kind of on a yearly amount. And, you know, he really doesn't have any dead cap. If He doesn't have any escalators really. So to me, I mean, this is a... This is a fine deal for a player that I think will get a lot of snaps and has to be better than what we had previously out there, both scheme-wise as well as just an overall football player. And like I say, I don't I don't mind him. I'm, I've got some interesting expectations for him. I think come out and outperform that type of contract from a dollar amount. And But I don't think he's going to revolutionary linebackers by any means I don't think he's an upper level outside linebacker in the NFL I think he's a below average average on his best day guy that can come in here and add some grit and some mentality but let me just go back to Jamie Collins for one second because I just pulled up his page 31 plus years old at the linebacker position I mean it's going to be 32 heading into the season. Now, this is what I love. After this season, potential out in 2022, basically dead cap, goes all the way down to $6 million. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely, I'm, I'm even looking at his, his cap hit doubles next year, yet his, his yearly cash is kind of, you know, not a huge tick up. I'm just looking like... I don't know. It just seems like unless he plays way above expectations, I don't want a 33-year-old Jamie Collins having a $13-plus million cap hit on my roster, making over 10 to $12 million bucks, whatever it is. Some of these details on this are a little bit crazy. So if you got out after next year with Jamie Collins, it was a two-year, $20 million deal. So you paid him $10 million bucks a year for two years, basically both of which he would have underperformed, in my opinion. So there you go. They can get out next year. Year, minimal minimal dead cap I suggest they do so because after that it gets dicey if you try to keep them for an extra year after that there's plenty of other linebackers you can take in the NFL draft or a guy like Derek Barnes who I'm going to get to uh, next and uh, Derek Barnes they took him in the fourth round pick one one three overall Derek Barnes looks the part in the jersey he seems to be Chris Spielman's kind of pet project. Spielman's working with him every time you see pictures on DetroitLions.com. He can run sideline to sideline. He's also played edge where he can get after the quarterback. All these reasons are reasons why I absolutely love Derek Barnes. He's young. He's just one of the best interviews I've ever heard from a, a prospect. I feel like, again, future captain. And, and when you're talking dollars and cents with Derek Barnes, I mean, you people want to know why I not only love the draft, the NFL draft, why I say it's so dang important. They took Derek Barnes, who was productive at Purdue, at, like I said, defensive line, rushing the quarterback, and stacked middle linebacker. At pick one, one three, hundred thirteenth overall in the fourth round, 
and Derek Barnes is going to make $855,000 basically for the next four years. Little ticks up every year. If he absolutely goes crazy and he plays a ton of snaps and makes, you know, accolades or heaven forbid he becomes a Pro Bowl player or just an absolute stud, then you have to pay him a little bit earlier. But for the most part, I mean, 855 k by his third year, he'll basically be making, you know, one to 1.5-ish million dollars. I mean, that's crazy. That's such a bargain. That's so crazy in the NFL. But like I said, there's got to be 53 men on the roster. So these these aren't NBA contracts. These aren't that sport we shall not speak of type contracts. These are just nothing deals where a linebacker that's going to just beat himself to death and hammer people and run over the field is not even going to get a million dollars a year for the life of his contract. Crazy, but hey, that's why it's so good. If he plays incredible, like what a value. And, you know, Would you rather pay Jamie Collins $10 million or in years two and three and four – Derek Barnes a million. Yeah, I'm paying Derek Barnes, and I'm going to go draft other rookies at that position, other positions, because it's an absolute crazy value. Now, this is the flip side of that. Jelani Tavai, who they took early in the second round a few years ago in the TJ Hawkinson draft. I mean, he's what, here, in year three or so? I mean, he's making 1.88 Every Detroit fan, every Detroit Kool-Aid drinker that I know wants Jelani Tavai to go get out of town and go get a job that fits him, like working at the old bowling alley. Drink it in, man. Exactly. Drink in some of that Detroit Kool-Aid. But here's all the things. This is what happens every offseason. Jelani Tavai is in the best shape of his life. He's slimmed down. He's motivated. He knows the playbook better. The coaching staff is getting ready to use him. I mean, I'm an optimistic guy, especially when it comes to the Detroit Lions. I serve up as well as I drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. I want my team to win. I want to think positive. I'm not sitting here wanting to take my jollies, laughing at my favorite team, or talking about what happened 50 years ago. But I'm here to tell you, some of this coach speak or everything being perfect in the offseason for every team, you have to weed through some of this. And, like, I just can't see Jelani Tavai putting two years of horrible tape out there and then losing 20 pounds and being a very productive piece. Now, can he be better? It can't be any worse. Like, did he did he seem to be an interesting prospect at first when he jumped on the football field as a rookie? Yeah, he did. And then I guess they ballooned him up to 275 pounds, and the guy had lead in his shoes, couldn't move, couldn't tackle, couldn't diagnose, couldn't see the field, couldn't make plays. I didn't even see him out on special teams doing anything. Like, is he going to flip all that all of a sudden and be like some productive, you know, linebacker that's out there a good percentage of the time? I, I just don't see it. But if he does and he – just shows some semblance of being a productive depth player. I mean, that's about my ceiling right now for this guy, and that would actually make me happy if 1.88, he could play some special teams, he could, you know, be out there in situations, he could be a stacked middle linebacker in this 3-4 type defense that feels like we're going to go to, and, you know, him, Collins, him, Barnes, whatever in the middle, just diagnosing runs and letting some of the other guys run and fly all over the football field from the outside or rush the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, 
I guess so. So Johnny Tavai's here now. He doesn't make much money, but I'm telling you, like, if he if all this stuff isn't true and he's just getting beat on every route and jumping the wrong gap and whatnot, I mean, he, he'll be down there shining shoes and, and cleaning the alleyways before you know it. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens with him. Um, the other two guys I just want to hit on, and again, I'll, I'll throw the names out in the dollars for a couple of these lower-tier guys, but the other two guys I want to mention are Jalen Rees-Maben, this is a guy I was interested in the draft. I liked him at Tennessee. I knew he had some injury issues, and those did pop up sort of in the NFL. But, I mean, the guy under the Patricia regime, all he did was play special teams. I mean, the couple times you'd see him out on defense, he usually was pretty good, either in coverage or I remember him being kind of stout when they would have some of these you know, stands either on fourth down or on the goal line. It always seemed like Jalen Rees-Maven was in there sort of being a missile and diagnosing and making plays in the backfield. So is he going to be some anomaly, you know, impact player? I don't think so, but you could actually put him out on defense every once in a while. That'd be nice, you know, rather than just make him a strictly special team guy. So Reeves-Maven, they did bring him back. Again, listed as outside linebacker. 1.13 is kind of his average amount now. And let me see what he uh, – I don't have it in front of me. Let's see what they gave him. A couple-year deal, I think it was, for that amount. Pull that up here. Huh, so they, they just brought him back on the one year. He's 26 years old into the season, just the one year. Uh, again, some of these numbers, depending on, on where they're at, looks a little construed. Now I'm seeing uh, – I had seen 1.13 average, but, you know, now it's looking like – 2.37 is sort of where he's at that, that's a decent chunk I mean again there's a lot of good linebackers out there that are making 4, 5, 6 million bucks at most so to have Jalen Rees-Maben who hadn't done anything except run down on kicks making almost 3 I mean, that's not a bargain basement value by any means but maybe the coaching staff sees something in him I mean he's still young That's he's still got. if they could have him for the next 2 to 3 years I mean, looking at his age, like, you know, he'd mostly be this year and next year is where I'd like his production if he if he can get it. But, I mean, guy's really going to have to jump up and make plays to justify almost like a $3 million amount for this guy. But, like I say, they, they decide to go that route. I'm a K.J. Wright type of guy. I think he's still out on free agency. I would have liked him. I know he's a bit older. But that guy, you know, is a poor man's Bobby Wagner, makes plays. Seems to be a, a guy that could have helped the Lions as well as some other linebackers. Who was the other linebacker? Eric Wilson that I wanted to bring in. He went to Philly for, like, no money, basically. Like, let's go get Eric Wilson and bring him in here from Michigan. Good football player, same age, 25, 26. But we'll see what the coaching staff does with him. But like I say, now that I look at that number, it's a bit higher than I thought on the the average yearly. So we'll see what Jalen Rees-Maben does. Wish him well. Hope he balls out because I, I do like the player and the person. Let's, let's look at this next guy. This is a forgotten guy, and this is a guy that I think could surprise some people when camp and stuff opens. Sean Dion Hamilton. I mean, first of all, it's a tremendous name. I mean, drink that in, everybody. Drink it in, man. Sean Dion Hamilton. Tremendous name. Usually I don't like the hyphenated names, but that's that's quality right there. I mean, basically making 920k it, it appears here. That's, you know, that's no money. He played in Washington. 
again, a decent college player from what I remember, but a guy that I've heard some rumblings about that, man, he's he's out there making plays. He looks like a ball player. He could fit in on, on the depth chart here when you're talking about linebackers. So, you know, I like that amount. I'm interested in this player, and a lot nobody's talking about him. So we will see what he does. So those, like I said, Collins, Anzalone, Raves Maven, Hamilton are all listed as outside linebackers. They do have Cabinda listed as a linebacker. I know he's been playing fullback. Just that position flex is nice for him. Again, another 920K type of guy. Um, this kid Beckett, undrafted rookie, I think he was out of Marshall. I've heard some good things about him. We'll see what he does. Again, undrafted rookies rarely make it, but again, making no money at 660K. You've got Robert McCray as well as a linebacker, same thing. Uh, Anthony Pittman, a guy I think, what did he go to Oakland, I believe, or local guy? Uh, you know, rumblings about him. He's bounced around, just sort of been on the practice squad. I mean, you hear some things about what if or maybe watch out for him, but he's just never really cracked the roster. So those are, those are the main guys I kind of see here on Spot Track when you're talking about linebackers. I'm sure they'll have some other camp bodies, tackling dummies, people out there that they're just bringing in for a cup of coffee. I want to say just before I got recording or the last couple days, they brought in another linebacker rush coverage type player from Tennessee, Gilbert, I believe who it was. So who knows? These front offices, I swear. I mean, they talk about bringing in Todd Gurley, and then they bring in Chris Warren the third from Cincy. Then they have another open roster spot instead of, Ty Gurley or some other of these good free agents they bring in this Gilbert guy who's not really on anybody's radar but we'll see what Brad Holmes has because for years and years I've been seeing GMs bring in these nobodies and all they do is come in and have a cup of coffee and head back out you know like you never hit on any of these guys they bring in as depth or athletes or oh man I think I saw something in this guy no you didn't That's, that's why he's available he's not good you know all that type of stuff so like I say, I wanted to give you guys about 15, 20 on the QBs. We've got about 15 or 20 here. Um, talking about my rant off the top about, you know, how you got to mix contracts, players, costs. You know, when do you pay? When do you go cheap? What's a draft pick worth to you? When do you say, hey, man, for our culture, we need to pay this guy because he's played. When's the time you got to be a hard ass and sit there and say, man, you're, you've been playing pretty well, but no, we don't see you as being a foundational piece or being a quality down the road. So we're going to let you walk or we're not going to pay you what you're demanding. I mean, all those are really hard decisions for general managers. And that's why I love realitysportsonline.com so much is you got to make those decisions every day in these. It doesn't matter if you're in an 8, 10, 12 team league or like I said, I'm in 232 teamers where you're literally I, the other day I was trying to decide between do I keep Oren Burks? of the uh, Packers there at linebacker or do do I think Alton Robinson is going to show up as a defensive end slash outside linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks and based on what I was paying him or could I save the money you know all these little things that, like I said the reason everybody plays fantasy football is you think you could do better than your local general manager or you think you know football better than your buddies so you really do put it to a test and there's a lot of factors and with reality sports online you got to balance the budget. You got to pay people. You got to work the numbers. And that's what they do in the National Football League, too. You may be a good player, but if you're overpaid or too old or acting out, you know, outside of the facility, hey, we'll move on from you and pay somebody else, um, either less or, you know, somebody they have more faith in. So all those things go into it. 
like I said, this is my dollars and cents series. I talk quarterbacks and linebackers. I think we'll probably keep this thing rolling. Like I said, I've been known to throw a curveball at you guys, but I think I got Logan Lamarandier coming up here shortly. I've been bringing some different guests on. I also like doing these solo shows where I can sit here literally hit the go button on the microphone and just talk Lions football for 30-plus minutes with you guys. So I hope you enjoyed it, gave you some dollars, gave you some cents, hopefully made some cents, and talk some contracts and some roster building here with the Detroit Lions. So everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back Friday talking more Lions right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, Drink it in, man.